Today, we welcome back financial coach Bobby Clark, and he will be teaching us about what motivates us to work on finances and develop a healthy financial mindset. Are we motivated by budgets and spreadsheets, spending plans, retirement funds, or are we motivated by the desire to have a better life? Other things we talk about are different types of mindsets that we have when we're working with money. Enjoy the show and leave a comment or two telling us what your takeaways are from today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Share Your Stories series. This is a podcast experience where we get to explore humanity one heart at a time. I'm your host, Jenny Diltz, and I'm the founder of Grieving Coach. Um, and before we start with our podcast, I wanted to share a little bit about a, a little bit of background about the series. I've been connecting with some amazing people, and as I've done so, I've learned their stories and had the privilege of learning from them and hearing their wisdom. And then I have been able to connect with the nonprofit organization Reimagine in their space and promote these stories for others to hear and gain uh, golden nuggets from. So now I get to um, introduce a lot of amazing people to others. And it's so amazing. It's so exciting. And today I'm excited to have Bobby Clark back with us, who is a financial coach with a mission to to promote financial literacy throughout the world. He does this one individual at a time, helping them find and create their own path to where they want to be. Last year, Bobby received the designation of Global Presence Ambassador for his contribution in the financial literacy arena. Bobby is passionate about life and living fully each and every day. Bobby, thank you so much for coming back on the show with us. It's great to have you here. Thank you once again, Jenny, for inviting me. I really enjoyed uh, being here today, and, and I really look forward to talking with you. As, as always, we've talked many times in the past, and uh, it's always exciting. Agreed. I feel the same. In some of our conversations, we've discussed um, internal versus external motivation in finances. Um, so what's the difference between external and internal motivation? That's a great question and a great starting point uh, today. Um, basically, there are two uh, aspects with money. Uh, one is the internal and one is the external. In terms of the external, the way I describe it, is it's the spending plans, it's the, the debt reduction plans, the financial apps, the books, magazines, blogs, courses, those uh, physical things that you can touch and feel in terms of 
uh, your finances and uh, a lot of attention or uh, most of the attention attention to in today's world is given to the external uh, a lot of times when clients come to me they ask uh, I, I need help with the budget I need help with my spending or savings those are kind of external type things mm -hmm. and uh, you know people are, are, are Average intelligence, they know how to use these tools. That, that's, not a, that's not where the problem really is. Uh, but the problem tends to be in the external aspect of money. And that's where your beliefs, your habits, your experiences, and your emotions, and how you respond to them, uh, they live in you in our uh, subconscious. And that's what I call the home of the, uh, the unfinished business part of your finances. And in order for you to, to achieve um, true financial health, uh, there has to be a balance between the two because they both are very, very important. And you can't have one without having the, uh, if, if you favor one more than the other, then you will uh, be what I describe as out of balance financially. Mm -hmm. When you give equal attention to those two and uh, they're in balance, then you can achieve true financial health. So the external is stuff like um, budgeting, software systems, apps, stuff like that. And the internal is the beliefs, the views, um, our relationship with money. Is that correct? Right. And the habits that we have learned over, over the time, even dating back to our childhood, those experiences that, uh, that, that we have developed and stayed with us and have lived in our subconscious, those are the, the internal uh, aspect uh, of money. Okay. And how can these show up in our finances? How can the in internal aspects specifically show up in our finances? Uh, that's a great question as well. Our finances are linked to our emotions. And it is human nature to defend uh, our emotions and, and our uh, behavior as a natural instinct uh, is to be, you know, sometimes we're emotion, emotional people. So mm -hmm. uh, we use our behavior uh, to defend our emotions. Uh, Dr. Ted and Brad Klontz, father and son, uh, financial psychologist, uh, a team that works together, uh, they coined the phrase money strips. Money strips or the unconscious beliefs about money that we carry with us. And they are rooted in our childhood that ultimately shape our current uh, financial health. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, money strips are not always bad or necessarily wrong. Uh, they're usually, usually fine if they're used in the context, in the context that they were developed. Mm -hmm. What happens is, uh, a lot of times they may be unsuited and or entirely inaccurate for other parts of our life. And what we tend to do is we use them as a generalization and we apply them unknowingly uh, to all aspects of our financial life. And that's where we get uh, tend to have that imbalance uh, with our finances or have the stress and, and, and different things that come out. For example, um, a child growing up painfully listening to uh, 
their parents argue about money and one spouse constantly calling the other one wasteful about their money. Well, that child is growing up might decide that uh, they may not want to get married because they believe that uh, their spouse would be wasteful with money. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a generalization uh, that they have developed from their childhood. Whereas, you know, if they get married, that may not be the cause, that may not be the case at all. Right. But because of that mindset and because of that behavior, they may even uh, uh, feel that, that, that their spouse uh, are, are wasteful if they buy uh, necessities for their house. So they may be buying clothes or shoes or whatever, and they may uh, look at that as, as a waste. Mm-hmm. wastefulness mm-hmm. and that can be problematic uh within a, mar- in a within a marriage uh typically you know what brad, brad and ted clients did they put together uh categories that are called money strips and there are uh the four of them and this they call money worshipers typically they believe that money is the key to happiness okay and you have money awarders, they may believe that they don't deserve money or money is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Money status, they tend to link their self-worth with their net worth. Okay. So they think the more things that they have, the more they are, more than they are, are increase their their value. Then you have money, money vigilance. Uh, they are watchful and they're concerned about their financial health. And a lot of times they worry even when they have an abundance of money. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the, the, the emotions that are tied to these, that are tied to our uh, subconscious that we live throughout our life, uh, sometimes unknowingly uh, that we are doing it. And we believe that they are true when actually they're probably at the most only just half true. Right. So can these manuscripts be intergenerational also? They can be intergenerational. And a lot of times uh, it starts back maybe a generation or maybe even two uh, before the actual person because the, the generation, two generations back, uh, that belief is handed down to their parents. Mm-hmm. And their parents uh, will pass that on to the next generation. And it goes from generation to generation until it's, until it's corrected. Or it may, you know, it may go on for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So what would be, um, we have the money hoarders, the money worshipers, the money avoiders, and the money status the status and the vigilance is four of them the okay the vigilance and the, and the status um in some ways having those characteristics characteristics can be helpful or beneficial um but taken too much they can be harmful so how can you um find like a happy medium well that that and and that's a great question and the happy medium or 
is, is when it depends on to the, to the degree of the emotion that's tied to uh, these money uh, strips. Uh, sometimes uh, if it's more or less a, a, a surface level type of belief, uh, it can be uh, changed just by being conscious that uh, it's there, being mm -hmm. aware that it's, that it's there and understanding how it works. Other times, if it's more, uh, let's say, for instance, if it's a situation where a child experienced some kind of trauma uh, during, their, during their lifetime uh, as, as, as a child and they're raised up in a house where there's a lot of trauma around finances, mm -hmm. uh, those beliefs could be more ingrained uh, into the person's subconscious and it would be harder, much difficult to change, uh, make changes in, in, in those uh, type of situations. But typically uh, for the, this discussion, uh, these are all things that uh, can be changed uh, with, without uh, say a therapist okay. getting involved. This could be done by a coach or a financial planner that into coaching. Mm -hmm. So what would be the first step in, in making that change? Well, the first step in making that change would be uh, recognizing that there is a, uh, a challenge there that uh, what you believe uh, may not be a hundred percent true. It's it's probably a half true, mm -hmm. or simply not applying that belief as a general way of interacting with uh, with your money and behaving with your money. Uh, but the change had to start. You know, for the listener out there, uh, you must be ready and willing to hear and explore other uh, perspectives around money. So you yeah. talked about having um, emotion attached to money. Is that, um, is that healthy? And um, if it's not, like, why or why not? Well, it, it can be healthy and then it cannot be to the degree of, of which it impacts your relationship with uh, your life or with others around you. Mm -hmm. That's what the big challenge is. Well, we all have money, money uh, strips. We all have beliefs around money. Uh, but when it gets to the point that uh, it's causing uh, a dysfunctional behavior or we are doing something that's out of character, to avoid addressing that that money strip, then that's where uh, we tend to get into trouble, and it becomes a, uh, becomes problematic for us. Got it. So, what would a dysfunctional behavior be? In terms of uh, well, let's look at it like this. Um, in terms in terms of a money. Um, of water, it would be someone who feels like uh, uh, that they don't they don't want to deal with money. Mm -hmm. They they may ignore it. If they're married, they may they just may pass it on to their spouse. 
Uh, they either, you know, wouldn't don't pay the bills on time. Uh, they uh, just uh, would do things. So they may just give away the money uh, just to keep from having to deal with it. Things like that. Uh, with the money worshiper, uh, these could be the people who basically work all the time. Uh, and, and they just believe that, you know, we just, I just need to work and, and money is, is, is just a, a big part of my life and it's real high on the, uh, the priority list. Mm -hmm. um, uh, money status, the kind of folks that uh, they think that it, what if I can buy the best or have the best or the brightest or the bigger, or whatever it is, a material thing, then that will make people notice me. I will gain status in society. Mm, okay. those, are some, those are some of the characteristics uh, of the behaviors that come out when you see uh, uh, these type of money strips. And what about money vigilance? Money, money vigilance, uh, they, worry, they worry a lot about money. They worry, worry about their financial health. They worry about their, their uh, uh, financial security. And also with that one, it could lead to uh, working a lot because you're trying to always have enough money. You may already have enough money, mm -hmm. or, and, but you just just feel like that uh, uh, you just need more. And, and you know, you, and a lot of times uh, people with money vigilance, they're good with money because they're going to watch the money. Mm, yeah, they're going to watch everything, but they could be just a worrier. Okay, um, worrying about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So how can we um, go from a place of dysfunctional behaviors to a place of intentionality and wisdom and um, just seeing money as it is, like without the all of the emotional baggage that it can have? Well, that that will engage. That will probably uh, get into the how do we change? How do we not do these things, uh, or not carry the, these beliefs with us, and not apply them as a general thing to everything related to money, and learn how to apply it only in certain situations when it is correct, mm -hmm. versus applying it when it's when it may be a half true are not true at all. And uh, one of the things to set the groundwork for that is, is, is uh, what we believe we think is true. If not, we wouldn't believe it. Right. So we spend a lot of our time trying to validate our beliefs and very little time challenging our belief. So as a result, we find a comfort zone with our beliefs and we learn how to survive or even strive with the beliefs that are at best only a half truth. Mm -hmm. So we have to challenge our belief by applying new behaviors and new thoughts. So how do we get to the point where we can see those beliefs in order to challenge them? Well, new money behaviors properly balanced with uh, money exterior tools 
equals financial health. So okay. New behaviors, new money behaviors properly balanced with money exterior tools. That's the budgeting and all of those things you can touch and feel. Mm-hmm. Properly balanced will equal good financial health. And that's what we're striving for. But in this case where we really like the internal uh, resolutions to the problems, we are out of balance. And the way to get back is in balance is to, is to uh, challenge these thoughts, these beliefs. And when we, when we identify uh, the category that we're in, then we take actions to, to remedy the, those things. Mm-hmm. So what if you're in more than one category? You very well could be in more than one category. You very that there were, could be overlapping, but typically there would be one that will dominate more more than others. Okay. Uh, for example, uh, money avoiders. Uh, they tend to uh, you can you know the, the the way to try to lessen that emotion or bring that emotion into line or into balance is. You can do things like create a ritual around becoming financially informed. Uh, you can review your uh, situations regularly. Mm-hmm. Set a time and a place to see how things are going. Uh, you can meet with a financial coach. You can enjoy uh, monthly meetings. You know, if you're married with your spouse, uh, you can focus on good things. Uh, come up with a list of ideas. Uh, noting how uh, money can be good for you instead of avoiding the money. Uh, how might you use money to do, to, to do good? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can create a, a mantra for yourself. Tell yourself why it's okay for you to have money. Uh, you know, just keep that mantra or that list uh, nearby so you can see it on a regular basis, uh, you know. So you can you know, uh, replace the ingrained bad thoughts about money with positive, the positive mantra uh, so that when you, you, know, you see it and it becomes, it will replace those bad thoughts or, or either allow you to challenge those thoughts that may not be, that may not be uh, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, for money status, uh, that's a culture you know, that society is, is, is also has a play in that because society tells us that, you know, we should have a lot or we should have a lot of material things or we should be wealthy. Uh, so, it's, so it's normal to be uh, kind of attracted or guided toward the latest and the greatest of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all want to be successful. So they you know that's what society tells us. Uh, but you know, with that, sometimes maybe before making a purchase, uh, slow your thought process down and, and ask yourself, uh, why am I bar- buying this item? Uh, how does buying this item make me feel emotionally? Uh, how would I feel about the purchase next week or the next month? Mm-hmm. Uh, just telling yourself to look at the flaws within the logic of spending money. And, uh, you can do it like that. You can do that. Uh, for those that are, that are money that has money vision, they, they worry a lot about money. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can set up a plan to uh, uh, to keep yourself in balance. You know, you, uh, try to try to balance security with enjoyment. It's not always about worrying about are you going to have enough. You may already have enough, or you have enough to do some things that that you can enjoy. But because he's, because of money business, you deny yourself because you're concerned about running out of money or not having enough money or not being secure. Right. So I would say just have some fun with your money. Uh, put together fun activities for, for the family. Uh, you know, buy some things for yourself. Take a long vacation. Uh, find ways to have fun uh, and money and just kind of relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. Don't worry as much about, about, about money. Um, what about the, for the money worshipers, the money worshipers. So, you know, that's, that's another thing that society teaches us you know, uh-huh. about, about money. It's a lot of pressure, all the commercials and all the things they you know it's like, well, you know, the commercial, they send a message of, well, you can't live without this. So how did you get this for in life without having my product? You know, that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of message that they send. But uh, consider spending time uh, in supporting your family and the causes that you that you love. Uh, look at your values. Uh, you know, uh, focus on your values. Uh, try to maintain a, a healthy work-life balance. Uh, stay true to your your priorities that you have in mind. You know, mm-hmm. try to build strong, loving relationships. As, you know, as much as you can. That's where your happiness would be, and uh, just things that things like that. Yeah. Um, how do these money strips um, show up in the rest of our lives, like in other areas of our lives? Well, a lot of times it shows up in our attempt to. Pro- to protect our emotions. And we can build a, build a wall up or build a defense mechani- mechanism up that we don't let anybody uh, beyond that point. Mm-hmm. And when they get into that point, uh, we put that wall up or we defend ourselves. It can show up in how we relate with our, with our children, how we, uh, what are we teaching them? Sometimes it, it could be uh, something that we are not even aware that we're teaching them uh, maybe a, a spouse uh, can have conversations and the kids can be, you may think the kids are playing in another room or whatever, and, and they hear the conversation uh, that impacts their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may impact your life if you are a, a faith member. It may impact your contributions to, the, to, the, you know, to, that, to that organization. Uh, it may impact your life uh, uh, towards your health. You may, you may not think that uh, you can afford to get health care, or, or go to the doctor and take care of yourself. Or you may be a person that worries a lot about different things. Uh, you may be uh, may not have enough insurance to cover all your risks, or you may you may have too much insurance because you, you know, you money vigilant. You want to be sure that uh, you have insurance to cover everything that mm-hmm. probably won't even happen. So those are some of the ways that uh, it comes out in our behavior. Uh, for a person that's a money worshiper, uh, they may want to buy a new car or a bigger house every two or three years. And mm-hmm. just 
you know, whatever they have to do to do that, whether it's, you know, uh, sell a house every two or three years or buy a car every year or buy expensive toys, boats and jewelry and, and whatever, those mm-hmm. kind of things that they just, they do that. Because it make because in their mind they think that that's going to make them uh, worthy or or, or or give them more status mm, within yeah. their uh, community. Yeah. So because um, when we're dealing with the money strips. And it requires change. Change it doesn't happen in an instant. There's no magical p- pill to fix problems like internal motivation and internal um, ec- internal forces in money or in any any area of our lives. Um, what suggestions do you have for encouraging people to stick with it? Through the through the process through the journey. Great question. One of the things that I can always say about any journey, there are going to be uh, ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be even some uh, regressions back to the old way because it is a habit and it has been ingrained. And habits used to take a long time to uh, to change. So one of the best ways that you can you can do that. Is to have have is to have mile markers along the way. You celebrate along the way. Uh, take a journal and write down your thoughts, your suggestions, your your feelings, uh, your celebrations, and use that as, as a reference. When things are not going well, go back and look at that journal, and you and you can see the progress that you have made and the changes that you have made, and just refresh yourself. You talk about having a vision board. Uh, that's present or having a, a mantra that's there. Those are the kind of things that you want to uh, refer back to and rely on because they are positive. Mm-hmm. And you want you, you want to replace the, uh, those half-truths or those bad thoughts, which lead to bad behaviors with positive thoughts, which lead to positive behaviors. So those are some of the mechanisms that you can use uh, over a period of time to get better. Mm-hmm. Those are awesome. Um, I think in our society, we tend not to celebrate the wins very much. Um, there, there seems to be a, a hesitancy to um, accept, acknowledge others and also accept acknowledgement ourselves. Um, what's a way that we can work on that aspect? And that aspect, what you just uh, described, uh, tends, to, it tends to be very close to money of orders. Mm. Money of orders. So once again, uh, you're believing that maybe you're not, you're not, you don't deserve it. 
you're not you're not valued. Uh, uh, that kind of that kind of belief and that kind of thought, and so you have to replace that. Create rituals around your money. Uh, be positive. Uh, tell yourself it's okay to have money. Mm -hmm. uh, use your money to do something uh, that's good uh, uh, to help someone. That tend to take the your thoughts off of you and place it on something that's doing good that'll make you feel good when you help someone awesome so what about for the er other areas what are um like so not um hesitancy to celebrate successes and um receive acknowledgement and praise is um, more seen more for money avoiders. What about for money worshipers, money status, um, money vigilance? What are key? Mm, key areas for those categories? You mean in terms of uh, how they behave? Um, how like what would be most beneficial for for people in the other categories to progress through their journey okay in terms of in terms of money status one of the things that you want to you want to uh, understand is that you are the listener is not the culture that they live in you are part of the culture but you're not the culture so you don't have to follow the culture okay okay so what you want to do in that case, and it's not, not always follow the culture, but follow your belief system. Look at your values. Uh, what's important to you? How to, how, you know, what do you believe? Mm -hmm. And challenge, challenge those thoughts and learn from those thoughts. and put in new behaviors around that. Got it. Yeah. Same thing with the vigilance. You know, you, you, you're worrying about things that that's probably not gonna, not gonna be uh, always true. Uh, you know, a, a kid, you know, a kid growing up in a household where perhaps the one of the parents were out loud a lot about mm -hmm. different things centered around money or, or, or health or having uh, a place to live, uh, maybe having uh, uh, clothes or, or whatever, having school supplies, uh, going to school and things of things along those lines that, that worrying is, is, is out loud, uh, has a voice, uh, that voice may carry over with them until adulthood and, and they continue to hear that, that voice of that parent. Uh, even when they're grown, they can hear you know, that, that parent worrying out loud about different things. And that will also impact their behavior and how they worry about money and, and, and feeling secure and things uh, like that. And, and a lot of time, if, 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 it's, if, it's, uh, if, that, if there's no joy in that worry, then that parent won't have, then that person won't have any joy in the worry either. 
they will do a lot of more worrying and uh, they may have, they may be okay financially because they are vigilant. So they don't spend a lot of money wastefully. They don't do things that's gonna uh, uh, cause them to have, uh, spend more money than comes in because they're vigilant. So mm-hmm. it may have the finances there, but they don't feel like it's there enough and they continue to worry and they don't enjoy what they have. They deny themselves a lot of pleasure because they are always worried about the security and having enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that. Um, so coming from a place of actually being in good terms with our money and having a good relationship with our money, um, where it can where we can see it as an exchange of value without the emotional baggage. How can that help us live more fully? Well, the goal of, I, I would think the goal of everyone is to, is to have, to live a full life, a healthy life. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, uh, or learn how to do that, or have our finances, uh, our financial life in balance, then we can focus on a lot of other things that are happy. We are not, uh, uh, we're not no longer our own worst enemy based on our thoughts and our behavior. Uh, it will come out in how we interact with uh, not only ourselves but our family, our kids, our friends, uh, our environment. And it's, it's just a glow or, or, or a relaxation or in a confident that will be uh, uh, coming from that person uh, when everything is in balance, because money is attached. Money is, is is tied to everything that we do, mm-hmm. and when we can have that that balance, it allows us to to really go forward and do some amazing things because we're not tied down by something or uh, believing something that in most times is not really a hundred percent true. I see. So what if um, money is not your currency? It's not the currency that you use. You may use time or other resources, but money is not either culturally or environmentally or because of situations, whatever they are. there's not much money to be used. Even, even when people are in, in poverty situations, they can find a comfort zone in their environment. And a lot of times uh, they, don't even, they won't even come out of that because of fear of the change. They will find a way to survive and even perhaps even strive uh, in that poverty environment. And the same way with any other level of uh, economic status, we find comforting, we find comfort zones wherever we are. And uh, a lot of times there may be an opportunity to, to do more but we don't. We won't do it because we're in a comfort zone, and that opportunity will not be exercised because uh, 
it makes us uncomfortable to go outside of what we think and what we believe until we just stay there where we are. Does that have value? It has value up to a certain point. Uh, it has value where if you are effective and able to have a healthy relationship wherever you are, that's where the value would be. If the relationship is healthy, mm -hmm. uh, then of course the opposite is if it's not healthy, even though you may think it is, then there's less value there. A lot of times people are in situations where they are not, it's not a healthy situation for them, but they remain in that situation. So for people who may find themselves in that unhealthy situation, um, what would you suggest to help them see that change is possible, to see that, like to even have a, a desire to change? The best way to do that, I think, is to challenge your beliefs. Ask yourself, what do I believe about money? And ask yourself, is that true? Is that really true? Mm -hmm. It may have been true at one time, at the time that that behavior was first uh, experienced, typically it may have been true at that time, but that's just one instance. But when you take it all the way and apply it to your entire life or all situations, then that, then that belief tends to not be as true as, true as much anymore. Mm -hmm. So challenge, challenge yourself and ask yourself, what do I believe about this? Is that really true? And uh, go forward to finding, finding the truth. Take time and find the truth, even though it may be uncomfortable, it may be painful, but take time to find the truth, search for the truth. Um. So as a grief worker, I know uncomfortable and I know pain. Um, and sometimes people are very hesitant to go into that space. Um, and the same is true with money. People don't want to embrace the discomfort. People don't want to go there generally. So what um, encouragement can you give someone who sees this discomfort in front of them and is starting to see that there may be something beyond, but is still not quite ready or not quite willing to meet the discomfort. Well, in, in that stage, I think you probably can't get there by yourself. Okay. You're going to need some help to get there. Uh, maybe a coach, depending on to what degree uh, that, that experience is and how deep it is. But for example, you would, you would 
you will have a coach and uh, you will have that conversation uh, around uh, that behavior or that belief uh, at some point in time uh, when, the, when, when the client is ready to have it. Uh, it can't be something that, that's forced on the client, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're ready to have it and, and, and if the client want to have that conversation, then uh, you have the guidance and the accountability and the help from, from, uh, from the coach to get you through that, to guide you through that. But it had to start with, with, the, with the person wanting the help and realizing that they're going to need help to get through it. Is there any That's- way to uh, jumpstart that to uh, like encourage that seeking that help or or wanting the change or having a desire to step take one step closer to the discomfort and closer to change well it has to get to the point where that discomfort that person wants realize that that this discomfort is preventing them from achieving 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 the goals that they want to achieve When we get to that point, then that person has to make a decision. Do I want to remain where I am or am I willing to go through the, through the uh, discomfort and the emotional pain to get to the other side? Mm-hmm. And until, some, until people are at that spot, there's not really right. anything that there's nothing somebody that, else can do for them. Nothing that you can do for them. They have to be there at that spot. Yeah. And when, when they are at that spot and they are truly ready to change because it's, it's going to be a challenge and they're going to need help, they're truly mm-hmm. committed to the change, then you can see some amazing things happen over time. Yeah. I find that too in my work. Um, that when they're, when they get to that point of being willing to do the hard work, the hard internal work, then it can transform their whole lives. Yeah, 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 and that's and that's when they have that that break one of the break one of the first breakthrough moments uh, is that willing to uh, say I'm ready to change or I need help with this and I'm ready to go forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. the first breakthrough right there for themselves. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or comments or last uh, last tips or pieces of advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I, w- I would think that one of the biggest things about uh, these money strips and, and moving forward is that everybody has them. You're not alone. Don't feel as if that you're only one that's uh, experiencing these emotional uh, triggers that are out there. And uh, if you are, uh, challenge yourself about what you really believe and seek help if you need assistance to move forward. Awesome. 
and that applies in not only in in money issues and financial but in in every area of life sure sure wonderful thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us bobby i love talking with you yeah i enjoy talking with you also it's been a pleasure to be here today to uh, to talk with you and discuss it uh, uh, topics that that's very important uh, to our financial health. Uh, it's, it's been great. Awesome. One reason I love talking with you is because you're such a great example of living fully and not only setting goals, but achieving them so that you can create the future of your dreams. And I think we need more people like that in the world to, to not only, um, encourage others to do that but to lead by example well thank you that's very kind of you <laughs> so where can where can people find you coach bobby well, you can find me you can email me my email address is bobby at clark on money dot com i have a website clark on money dot com i'm on linkedin ClarkOnMoney.com. Instagram is the same, ClarkOnMoney, and Facebook. So if you just enter ClarkOnMoney, uh, you can, I'll come up and you can uh, contact me. Uh, feel free to email me. I will respond and get back with you as quickly as I possible on any of these uh, platforms. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if you enjoyed this, join us next time when we meet Mark Evans, an impact coach who works to support people in business through the mental health crisis. And more of my work can be found on my website, grievingcoach.com and LinkedIn, Jenny Diltz grievingcoach. And you can also find me on Facebook at Jenny Rencher Diltz. Mm -hmm.